Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's second Friday food, wine, and travel show with the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. We do this show every second Friday and every second Tuesday. Second Tuesday is dedicated to destinations, and every second Friday is dedicated to the travel writers that are members of the organization. And uh, you can go to their website, ifwtwa.org. And normally we're talking about where the writers have just been or where they're going and catching up with all their adventures. But today we're going to talk a little bit about World War II and historic sites in the southeast of America. And uh, it is, you know, Veterans Day, so we want to pay our dues and respects and also learn more. And these historic sites are definitely places you want to visit and um, we're going to talk about three places with Kathleen Walls. Kathleen has been on our shows talking about Florida mostly and the Southeast. That's where she travels. She's a travel writer. She is a photographer and uh, quite a prolific author as well. She was born and raised in New Orleans, but lives in Florida. She made it through Hurricane Ian, so don't mess with her. And you can follow her on her website, AmericanRoads.net. And also her story about these three different sites is up on Blend Radio and TV.com in our history department. So welcome back, Kathleen. How are you? I'm great, Lisa. How are you? Oh, doing good, doing good. I'm so glad you're on the show. Uh, Nancy and I are so glad about that and so glad you made it through the hurricane. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it, it's the thing. Now we have to kind of go and as travel writers, you you know, we're recording this right after the hurricane. Um you know, it's kind of like, right. now we, we, what do we do with all our, you know, what can we do for these areas? Are they ready for us to help them to get tourism back? Are they ready for tourism? You know, um, it's kind of an odd thing always for us as, as writers to, you know, now navigate what, what can we do? I think that's a role we play, right? You're and right, helping. Lisa. And the, the CVB people are really good in some cases. i St. Augustine, which is very close to me, had just sent an email saying they're back up and running and welcoming visitors. And even our local news had from Visit Florida that Florida's ready for, for, for tourism again. We have some places. I mean, I wouldn't advise anybody going to Fort Myers right now or obviously Sanibel Island. But wow. other places, they're back up and running. I have a piece that's coming out. It's Halloween. has to do with the... Uh, haunted hotels and one of them is St. Augustine which I'm glad that I'm able to give them a little bit of promotion there. Awesome, awesome. It you know and I think Florida's resilient but it's it was a hard one and um we just you know it as was. travelers too need to it's just you know it's a different time but travel is back and yet we still have to have this extra patience, you know, with service and how things are going because it's still not, you know, back to normal as you, you know, as we no, say. No, it's, it's still very different. Mm-hmm. Each of the destinations yeah. is meeting it in different ways. You, I mean, you still have to worry about the virus a bit. I mean, maybe not as much sure. as we did before if, if we've been sensible and gotten vaccinated, but it's still out there. And, and the loss of the labor shortage is really hurting a lot of places. Restaurants yeah. especially are not able to keep the regular hours that they used to keep. And now, yeah, and, and understaffed, you know, hotels, restaurants understaffed. And 
So we just have some patience, but today, normally we're talking about, you know, kayaking with alligators with you. You know, I, I love our chats <laughs> with you because you get, you get into the swamps. Like Nancy and I get into the swamps. We love the swamps. And uh, since our last conversation, Nancy and I have done a lot of Florida adventures, uh, St. Mark's. We went to um, Wakula Springs. Uh, where that's you know, a wonderful Tarzan place yeah wonderful park right been... and the, the they have the costume there for the creature from the black lagoon the original costume because that was filmed there also that was and that's where that you know isn't it it's like the longest um spring like the deepest spring freshwater spring it could be it's very big and the, their boat tour is fantastic with the oh, amount of wild that. birds you'll see the herons and the egrets and gators and turtles and limpets even yeah and they're all snakes. over everything snakes and snakes see the water snakes i love the water snakes <laughs> i'm hey, good with you, snakes what about okey swamp have you been there not too long ago yes i did a camping oh. trip there with a van the, the van turned out to be a nightmare i bought it from some very weaselly lying uh, car dealer oh i remember me, you getting the van oh, yes yeah, yeah. he would have sold it to his mother when i finally took it to my mechanic he said he doesn't think too much of his mother so i sold it and i have a little tiny pop-up that i use sometimes when i'm traveling oh i still do a little I camping well, we thought of you when we went there. We did that twice last year and absolutely loved it. It was a dream of mine since I was a little kid. You know, here I was in Africa, you know, doing all those parks and, you know, the big wildlife and everything. And my dream was yeah. to go to Okifinoki. And I finally got there and I love yeah. it and watched a uh, alligator chomp down on a turtle. <clears throat> walked by a lot. Of oh, tr- like, they're so cool. I, yeah, I know, but the history is so I cool. kayaked there. Mm-hmm. Did you kayak it is, it's, there? it's beautiful. Yes, I did. I didn't go too far because I was by myself. I took the boat tour. I wanted to go out to Billy's Island, but I didn't quite make it Me that too. far. But I did kayak a bit out. Did you get to Billy's um, Island? No, no, we didn't. We went more on the National Wildlife Refuge side and um, that side. And they've got this uh, boardwalk you can do to a watchtower. And that's where we saw this really big alligator. Just, I, I mean, I filmed it and you can hear him chomp. You can hear his teeth on the shell. Ouch. <laughs> but you walk over the boardwalk and there's alligators that will come underneath the boardwalk. Like they're right there next to you. Kind of like the Everglades. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. I was I was like, you know, the only thing is I haven't seen any snakes. I, I'm all into water snakes. And uh, <laughs> then I looked down. The only kind this... I don't like is a cotton mouth. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, that's what I saw was a cotton mouth. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> I'm like, it's like a rattlesnake. You know, I lived in the Southwest and I'm like, that's like a rattlesnake, but it's not a rattlesnake. Yeah. What is that? And then like I'm bending down to get the photo and the photo's not working because there's grass moving. And I'm like, if I move this <laughs> angle, I can get it. And then he gave me that look that if I do one more move, he's going to get it. So I managed to get away from it. <laughs> and him. they can be mean little snakes too. Yeah. And they well, blend in. They're coloring so close. It blends in the, you know, with the water, the brownish speckly look and you, you know. Yeah, you just don't see them. Well, you know, I know. You see, we've totally got off topic, but I can't help it. You're on the show, and we always talk about alligators and and swamps and things. And and you know, this is what you know you do as a travel writer and photographer. But right, um, when you think about World War II, so I'm getting back on track. But this right. is an important part <laughs> that's of what it. we're supposed to be talking about. Right, I know. But World War II, I want to go to. New Orleans, uh, the one museum, oh, yes. and I've heard about this National World War II Museum in New Orleans. 
So we don't think about World War II being on our on our turf, really. And I think one of them is also the World War II Homefront Museum on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Right. And that's a very different one. Very different. But when you think about wars being fought in the southeast when we're talking about gators and snakes so that's that's is my segue <laughs> don't you think you've got to like you know even like the battle of new orleans like being out in the swamps like fighting the british you know back in those i mean that's the different war but right but they had to deal with the, snakes and wildlife too yes and it probably was a lot more of it i mean we've wiped out so many different species even complete species and and tons of the ones that we still have have been wiped out so those days those guys probably had tons of them around i know so that's like a whole other deal you know in a in a war you're also dealing with all this wildlife and animals and like if you think if you're fighting on a ship and then like there's sharks right there if you get tossed over it's not like you just tossed over you've got sharks to contend with you know, so that I just want to say the Southeast and, and any kind of battling stuff is is wild. But New Orleans, um, tell us about this, because this uh, New Orleans, you know, you always think you're you're going to get most of the, the history of, you know, New Orleans and the, you know, right. the Battle of New Orleans and no man's land. And well, not no, and there's so much history and you're from New Orleans um, and right. the Jefferson Highway ends in New Orleans. That goes America's very first vacation route. It's the um, Pines to Palms Highway or Palms to Pine Highway, which, whichever way you want to look at it, that goes from Winnipeg, Canada to New Orleans. And it's reviving mm-hmm. now. We have a show just on it. But anyway. Oh, hey, New no, Orleans is, show. oh yeah. I have to, I'll send you links to it. Yeah, because it, it ends in New Orleans. This was started in 1915 by the editor and publisher of Better Homes and Gardens because he knew they needed to have a route from Canada down to the south because of the way the weather is for up north they want to come south yeah they want to come south vice versa and vice versa so they started it so it's revive it's a revival right now which is so exciting but um so i want to put this this is like something they put on the map like if you're traveling that route or any i mean it was everybody goes to new orleans and thinks mardi gras and all that fun stuff but the history is but there's so much more oh yes and this museum, this museum, yeah, it's a relatively new. Now, by new in New Orleans, anything that's under 100 years old is new. And this <laughs> is, well, you know, I, I don't really remember the exact date, but I'd say maybe 25 or so years. And I, I'm not sure on that date, but it's relatively new compared to places like the Presbyterian and the Cabildo and things like that. Uh, and it is one it is it is the National World War Two Museum. And it is one of the biggest that I've been to relating to World War II. It's mm-hmm. it has everything there. Uh, it you they even they have a, a show, IMAX show, which and when I went, I made the mistake of not reserving ahead of time and did not get to see the show, the the, the movie, but they show movies related to it. And there are so many different exhibits. It follows everything from women's parts in the war because our role those days was very different from what we are today. And nobody thought of women in war, but the museum recognizes that women were a big part of that war. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they were. And so much, they begin with a, how someone would have taken a bus from, you know, home to where they were going to their base and follows the whole thing through the, the two things that really stood out for me was the Enigma machine. 
for yeah, a couple of tell, reasons. Oh, that, that's, right. this is a that's crazy story. Yeah. It is. It is really crazy. Couple of crazy twists to it. One thing, the Enigma, the Germans invented it and thought it was pretty much unbreakable. It was, they could, it was a code machine. And it was almost like a relative or early ancestor, if you will, of the computer. And the um, the Germans, by World War II, they had perfected it. So they felt it was pretty much, you know, safe and that nobody could ever break it. And that was it. Well, the gentleman who really was the one who kind of ended up breaking the thing was a gay man. And at that time, he was an Englishman. And Alan Turing was his name. He was a scientist, brilliant man. Uh, but once the government, the English government, found out that he was gay, they tried to force him into treatment, supposedly. And he ended up committing suicide, which is so sad. Wow. But he's really considered the father of computer science because this was kind of the beginnings of science. Computer wow. science. Computer science. So so that, like, that this was, is the beginning of our big yeah. computers, like yeah. our actual. And, and when you see the exhibit, it just it almost looks like a very old fashioned typewriter. But apparently, and I'm not really an expert at this, but I'm sure the Germans had a gear that, you know, you would hit one key and it maybe typed something different. But they, it was a code that was, you know, just like we encode in, in things and in, encrypt things on computers today. Basically, I guess that's what they were doing. So mm. it was a very detailed machine for its time. Mm. And the other one that really, really gets to me is was uh, New Orleans and the ship when I lived in New Orleans the shipyard was already there Higgins shipyard was still there it was run by an Irishman and uh, he helped develop a special kind of a, a boat that could load the jeeps on and and then get them off very quickly and safely when you know when they were trying to embark them on beaches um during the war hmm. so See, that that was big there's just so much in there. It's just you could spend days. And another thing, which, of course, we've moved so far away from today, and when we go to the grocery, many of us might wish we were back, is the Victory Gardens. Roosevelt said that was yeah. one of the things that helped win the war. Everybody mm -hmm. those days planted a little garden to help and, you know, grew their own vegetables. But that's something, too, I think that um... – well, New Orleans is really good at that too. I, I've always thought that everyone in the South always kind of grew things, tomatoes, and I don't know if it's just the way well, it is. I don't know. But... Not nowadays. And yeah, I mean, nowadays, I mean, New Orleans, true. you know, it, you, it, well, in the French Court, everything is so crowded, there's no room to grow things. Uh, but you move out into the suburbs and things, and, you know, it's just like everywhere else is. Oh, yeah. The average middle class homes with a nice little yard, but. Mom and daddy are working and kids are going to school and, you know, nobody's there to take care of a garden. Well, I always look at the thing of going and working with farmers and local farmers and the CSAs and farmers markets. And I always say that even when we travel, we should really look at that. We shouldn't ignore farmers markets as part of our footprint or where we're going. Um, you get to learn more right. about an area from a farmer. What, what grows And, you there. know, the food. To, for to me, tomatoes, grocery tomatoes aren't uh -uh. worth eating. Uh -uh. I mean, I'm old enough that I remember when you used to get real tomatoes, but now, I mean, the only way you're going to get them is some local form of growing something that they haven't hybridized so well that it can ship forever and not turn 
you know, not go bad, but it's lost its taste. It's a compromise. Mm. They can ship it all over the world, but what good is that going to do if it doesn't taste any good? Yeah, yeah, right. Right. I, I totally agree with you. I, I, you know, the Victory Garden, I always thought that was an important part of the White House, the Victory Garden, mm-hmm. because it showed some strength. Yeah. And and um, it also showed women's side of it, too, because a lot of women were doing right. the Victory Garden. Because this was the women left at home. And, and that's what Bruce was asking. Everybody grow your grow some veggies because we don't have right. enough food to, to ship over and feed the soldiers. And so many of the farmers were over there yeah. fighting. I mean, there was. You know, everybody was just sort of depending on producing their own food, which brings us into the St. Simon's Museum a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's one of, one of the really neat exhibits in there, and it's it's interactive, so even a kid can get in there. And suppose you had a ration book, which were, I mean, those days you couldn't just go in the grocery and say, oh, I want to buy this, I want to buy that. You had so many ration coupons, and when you ran out of coupons, all the money in the world wasn't going to buy you any food because the grocery was only allowed to sell you what you wow. had ration coupons for. So the, this exhibit in there, it shows what you could use a coupon for, how much this would buy and how much that would buy. As you Doesn't know, I mean, it's a whole wow. different way of life. That that really and kind they, of brings it home to you. I mean, I, right. I you know what? It's, that's that's I remember those kind of coupon books like when we lived in South Africa. I don't know if it was because of the drought that there was kind of a rationing thing at one point. I don't know. But then it not it wasn't like a ration ration, but there was something going on. And I think it was a drought because yeah. the drought, even if you went it to a hotel, you got you had to pay a deposit for a bath plug. So they knew you were using water and you were only allowed to use it at a certain point. So it yeah. was you had lines on the bathtub. Like if you're going to take a bath, you're they yeah. know you're doing it. That was years ago, but I mean, this is the kind of yeah. thing we forget about, right? That's we're so right. we're going to go to McDonald's because it's easy and quick, you know. Yeah, and you walk in a grocery, and you you know you don't stop and think. You I mean, you do to the extent of how much money do I have. But that, you know, you don't stop and think, I'm limited. I can only buy so much. We saw a tiny little bit of that, like with toilet paper and some items during mm-hmm. COVID, where the groceries, at least here, would have signs up no more than two items per, per customer. Mm-hmm. But this was not only with just things like that. It was everything. You know, exactly. you got so exactly. many coupons that you could buy shoes, so many coupons that you could buy clothes, whatever you needed. And especially... You know, shoes and things that that use rubber or leather, things like that, were being used for the war effort. They needed them, mm. you know, to build it, tires for the jeeps and things. When you, this this one on Saint Simon's Island is in Georgia, and we've not made it there yet. We got close. I think. It's oh, Brunswick. you need it, to. It's Brunswick is near there, the right? Islands. Brunswick is where you shut you you. That's the mainland point. From there, there's bridges to Cumberland. There's a bridge to Jekyll, and there's a bridge. Saint Simon's is. It's a hard toss up for me between Saint Simon's and Cumberland as to which is a favorite. Jekyll is very interesting. All three are interesting. Cumberland you can only get to by ferry. There's no bridge, and it's perfectly okay. wild. It's unbelievable. A whole different story. Uh, yeah, I haven't done the ferries. Saint Simon's. Know. Oh, yeah. definitely do it. Make a, make a reservation ahead, though, when you do it. Oh, okay. Good and tip, and good tip. when you're on Cumberland, 
uh, there's no transportation. You can rent a bicycle or you can pay a little extra and bring a bicycle over, but there's no cause. There is a tour, and I highly recommend it, Legacy Tours. And the guide is very knowledgeable. He gives you complete history of each of the places you visit because you're like, I think it's 14, 14 miles to the end of the island, which was where JFK Jr. got married at the African-American church on that end. Oh, wow. But from when you get off the ferry, you know, how many people are going to walk or even bicycle 14 miles? So by taking the tour, they have a Jeep that charge, not a Jeep, a van that takes you down there. And, um, Huh. It's, it's quite an experience. Wow. And, but Cumberland, and then, of course, you yeah. can drive to, and it, it's very civilized, but it has an awful lot of history. And the thing that's so interesting about that museum is that they bring it in. It's not about, you know, what happened in Berlin or what happened in Paris. It's about what happened right here on the Gulf Shores of the United States. And I hadn't even realized this, but there was a, a submarine, a German submarine that uh, sank an American boat right off of there. It was a, a private, it wasn't a military boat. It was a, the um, Estelle Baton Rouge boat was sank right 13 miles off St. Simon's Island uh, wow. by a German U-boat. And uh, we never think about it. 22 sailors died in that sinking. And there was some rescue by the Coast Guard. But the, wow. the museum, it's not as big as it's, you know, a relatively small museum. It's housed in, I believe, the former Coast Guard building that was there. So the building is pretty old. And it tells the story of that part of the war. And even the King and Prince, which is the big resort, which is really nice to stay at. It dates back to the 1930s, I believe. But um, during the war, it shut down as a hotel and was the housing for officers and people working on radar which was new then, and the museum talks to about the radar, and the cafeteria, I mean, the cafeteria, the restaurant in the hotel, King and Prince, is named ECHO, E-C-O-H-O, capitals, uh, because that's what radar is. It's an echo off of an object, like a radio beam, and then it echoes back, and that's, you know, we just take it for granted now. But wow. it, the museum also talks, but the hotel is connected in that history with the war, too, because they, they were the base, the home base for the people working on radar at that point from St. Simon's Island. That's amazing because you forget about the whole radar thing. You know, you really do. Right. Then, you, you just take it Vietnam, for granted. It's, you know, yeah. Vietnam, it's they just, really started getting it. That's where it really started to be. Yeah well used right it, and it started there i totally forgot and you've got to think world war one world war two florida's yeah. coastline well they were just the beginning up. with Huge. with it then and it, it was a new thing at that time and it was it was a big factor in the war because that's how they tracked and knew where these german submarines were if the ships i mean the planes were coming in they could spot them with radar mm. which world war one they didn't have that I just find it fascinating about the Southeast being so connected to World War II history. And then um, earlier this year, we were up in the Pacific Northwest. And then here comes all this World War II history with mem- sea memorials uh-huh. on the ocean side with all these oh, yeah. sea memorials. Japanese. And I couldn't believe it. Oh, my gosh. The, it was 
like I was like, oh yeah, you're in the Pacific Theater. You are because you're up in Washington State, right. Northern California, like Trinidad, all the way up. And so you see, you know, these pieces of submarines that were blown up and things, and it's like, wow, this washed ashore. <laughs> you know, I so didn't it, get it to just, see that. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was in. Crescent that would be fascinating too. Yeah. Yeah, well, was I was just recently in Washington at Bainbridge Island, and oh, that nice. was the first place where the Japanese were excluded and sent off to, I mean, oh, let's yeah. face it, concentration camps, whatever we want yeah. to call them, but that's what they were. And the person we got that led our tour and told us the story was a lady named Lily, and she had been seven years old, and she was one of the people that was sent off with oh, her family wow. to this camp and i mean hearing the story from her and marching around that memorial wall was fascinating i mean it's just yeah, it arizona had a bunch too like um out well not yeah. just arizona but um up everywhere um uh, yeah manzanar is part of our national park service site yeah. manzanar out um on the other side of yosemite right and this is this is connected with with the uh, people, because some of them, I don't, I don't remember now where they were sent to first, but then some of them later were transferred to that one. Mm, and, and I was like, I think a very prolific. Yeah. I've, we, we haven't had the chance to tour and really do it, but I've been there, stopped, and like, it's just because we always had a carload of, like, you can't just, you know, you can't be traveling across the country and leave your car full of all your gear, you know, and go. Like, <laughs> right. So it's, we always have to kind of balance this, you know, how we do things. We have to be stopped somewhere properly and, you know, all of that. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting how this, how the different parts of the country worked in regards to World War II, like in Central California. We've actually been on, on a gentleman's farm, Bob, Farmer Bob, and he does orange, he's a citrus uh, farmer. And He's actually opened a nonprofit where people can go on a tractor tour and learn about growing citrus. But on his family farm, we stayed there for a few weeks, like a week, I think, actually, years ago. And part of the farm has watchtowers in central California, in the heartland of the Delta, like in not on the coast, but they had watchtowers there. I mean, that's just mind blowing when you think yeah. of the effect of World War Two and World War One, everybody really that freaked everybody out, and nobody thought World War Two would really happen. It did, and then when it ended, everybody's like, "Okay." And hopefully, talking about this, the water and all wars, and yet okay, we're we, still at yeah. war. Yeah, yeah. Look at us; we're still at war, and it's catering mm -hmm. a little close well, to my pre preference here of what's going on in the world. So I think, yeah, that's it's this a little role. Scary. It is scary in this, and you, this role. Of, when you think about it, with the parallels with Hitler and Putin, it's really scary yeah. because Hitler did that too. Take this one country, take this one country, and, you know, keep taking until people stepped in to stop him. And it's like, yeah. you know, should we step in or should we not? I mean, I can see both sides of that one. Yeah, it's, it's hard it's scary. because there's things tied, yeah. you know, because like we don't know. I mean, nobody... Yeah, and the same thing with Hitler. I guess everybody in the beginning saw thinking, well, we'll let him take that country and, and then maybe he'll be satisfied and quit. We don't want to go to war. But what happens, you know, like that famous letter about the guy who said, you know, when they came for the unionist, I didn't say anything because I wasn't a socialist or unionist. And when they came for the Jews, I didn't say anything. But then when they came for me, there was no one to speak for me. And that's, boy, is that a true thing today? Could Could that happen? Do we know? Yeah. Could we? Maybe. Well, I think we should never take anything for granted. 
And I think when you go mm-hmm. to museums, like in these historic sites with these artifacts and things that are so personable, you know, you start to really realize, you know, like the ration books, I think that gets to everybody yeah. to understand because that's something like, hey, oh, I, I can only have like this piece of bread today. I can't have that mm-hmm. again tomorrow. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So it really hits home to what war does, you know. Yeah. Um, Heritage and Park like Veterans... The- Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, that leads into Heritage Park Veterans Museum, because that was their side of the story. It's a small museum, but it's telling it from the people's point of view. This One is of in the Georgia, exhibits too. in there. This is in Georgia, Georgia Henry County, Georgia, uh, okay. near Stockbridge, near, near the, um, uh, the racetrack, the big racetrack there. And the one of the little bitty thing, it's a maternity uniform for the because then they had women in there and some of them were pregnant. And the the lady that donated still lives in the area and she comes by with her grandchildren, sees her uniform in there. So this this is a maternity, but for pregnant military nurses. So here are these women in the military still, Mm -hmm. you know, and their nurse, I mean, this, you know what we went through? Oh my gosh, now I'm going to wonder if I went to the same place. They had, they have a, bicy- a, a motorcycle there, too, that was donated by uh, another soldier later on who lived around the area, I believe. And he was over in, I believe, Czechoslovakia. Mm. And he saw these people using this old Harley motorcycle for a water pump. You know how you, you need to turn your pump and a motorcycle, you run the motor and the wheel right. turns. And they were using that with a as a pump to turn their, I mean, as a motor to turn their pump. And he bought the thing, paid a hundred dollars for it. for so the old hall and donated it to the museum. And they have that in there. And they have mm. a lot of other things in there. The uh, Vietnam war era, the cages that were people, soldiers were put in when they were taken prisoner sometime. And it's not any one war there. It deals with all of them. Oh, wow. But it, wow, that's there's a big emphasis on world war two, because, you know, that was our last big war. Mm. And the, the memorial room in the back, there's a, it's almost like a little chapel. You just feel kind of reverent. And they have the names of the different ones that died, the Medal of Honor winners and people like that. And then when you come out of the museum, the museum is in a building, looks like a big red barn. And out front on the lawn, there's helicopters, ambulances, things that were used during the war and then when you walk around behind there that's where the big mm-hmm. memorial wall is and it has it, it's very moving it has all 50 flags of all states and um, wow it has famous statues henry county was named for patrick henry so of course they've got his give me liberty or give me death speech on the wall you know it's, um, it's interesting it's, about this person know it by heart oh that's but that's the that's whole speech yeah, wow. but we've forgotten that because it's so far back. And then Kennedy's words about ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And we've kind of exactly. forgotten that, too, I think. We've moved away from that and become so divided. But but these are the places that bring you back to what mm-hmm. has happened. And when we were leaving, um, we were in Peachtree City earlier, January, February this year. And we were driving to Texas, I believe. Okay. I don't know. You could but, very I mean, well have had gone through, through but, yeah, uh, Henry it was County. East. It was east, and there was this memorial park. 
and we just pulled over because we, you know, we document all parks and it includes, you know, memorial sites. Mm-hmm. And it had a gazebo and it had like a fountain and they had a whole wall dedicated to women in World War II. And I thought, oh, wow, okay. that's when do you one see there. that? <clears throat> okay. Not all. I have to look it up in, in my footage. Yeah. But this, um, this was, I couldn't believe it. And they really outdid themselves in the World War II. One thing too that I noticed, and, and George is really good at this, is a lot of the courthouses, the historic courthouses, have World War II, World War One veterans memorials, like a lot of the town centers, town yeah. plaza kind of things. Um, I don't know if you call them the plaza if you're in the southeast, but it seems the courthouse is really where, like, one of the first places where you will see a veterans memorial that's been put up. And I mean, I I can't. We're going to do a like an actual interactive map on our site because people should see all these sites. I mean, when you start to go to so many of them, so much. it's, it's, it's you know, mind might, blowing. People will travel overseas so much to Europe, but they don't realize so much that we have here. And so many of the little places, I did a panhandle trip to the, to the Florida panhandle. Oh yeah. And yeah. some that's well, Carlos Springs was so one of them history. that I was on. Oh yeah. Ooh. But one Little tiny places, railroad museum, and I'm trying to, I don't remember exactly what city it was in right now, but it's a little railroad museum, but they have a complete, I think it's it's Washington County, one of the, one of the cities in Washington County, have a complete war memorial in there. It's not big, but it's, it's honoring those people from that area who fought in the war. And, you, you know, you see that in so many of these little tiny towns. And it's amazing, the fun, like St. Mark's, the lighthouse. And oh, yes, uh, when I yes. went, uh, the, the lighthouse was closed, but you could drive out and see it. Mm-hmm. But these places, people, most people have never even heard of them. But yet, it's yeah. a fantastic trip. I mean, just that one day within a couple of hours, I'm standing there looking at this little five foot so alligator line there in the, right on the oh, sand a few exactly. feet away and from me. Like, <laughs> you know what no, I mean? That, I know exactly you where you are. There's, yeah. there's one dude right on that this, hangs out by this bridge on the way to the lighthouse. And he's on the left, like right. you're driving to the lighthouse you're, on you're, the left. As you're driving to the lighthouse, there's a little pull there. off. That, exactly. And he's there, right. That's it's his like, thing. It's probably Every the time. same gator. It's the one the same he doesn't charge to get his picture taken. Every time we go and, there, uh, I'm like, if I want to see a gator, I know that's the site to go yeah. to. And he's it's not his. aggressive. He made no move no. towards me. He just kept watching me. I mean, if I came too close, I think he was heading back in the water. Yeah, and you drive out to the lighthouse, and I'm going to send you a photo of this. So everyone, it's war memorials and alligators. I mean, there's no way (laughs) Kathleen's coming on the show. We don't talk about alligators, but alligators. Yeah, we got to have alligators. Yeah, you know, but this is so important. I think you know that's what I was saying. You know, all these places we've been, you do feel this remorse. Like God, why did you know Mm -hmm. so many people died in these wars, and and risked their lives, and the fear they must have still felt. You know going through this injured and watching friends go I mean there's just so much emotion and there's places like one of the one of the places that really got me was Fort Polk in um yeah Fort Polk Louisiana and Louisiana I don't think I've been there come to think of it it. it's it's um it's on the I would say no man's land so it's on the way to Toledo Bend area um if you're going it's like really if you follow the reservoir up and uh, if you go like Lake Charles up uh, towards Manny, and uh, they have a few memorials there too. And and this is a very huge part of World War II history. So it's Kisachi Forest is really all connected too. 
all through Kasachi is the only national forest in Louisiana. And this is where they did the Louisiana maneuvers using tanks going right. through here and running oh, their tanks. Been to, yes. I yeah, have been to for, that museum, the Maneuver Museum. And it's, oh, it's see, on a base. It's you go huge. in there and uh, it's this oh, yeah. yeah. There's a memorial. Certain places there. you can't take pictures even. You you right. you know, because they're very particular about that. Every place you know every place you go there's something that ties in with that music. Like Oak Ridge. Have you been to that? In Oak Ridge oh, in Tennessee? She, yes. The secret city where they built the nuclear bomb, the first atom bomb. Oh, oh that's oh, that's right. That's it's like one of the atom bomb, uh, sites right? And we, it's, missile the missile sites that we have, the Manhattan Project, and like we have one in New Mexico. Right. Tennessee, yes. Well, that's uh, yeah, White Sands else. in New Mexico. Yeah, that the White Sands is, to me is more beautiful for the scenery mm. and the and the beautiful White Sands and the people sliding down and on. I didn't try sliding down the sand. They sat on cardboard and things, and they were sliding in there. But, but I know the, you can um, slide down the side and the sand, and then next thing you know, a rocket goes off behind you because it's the military base <laughs> right there. Yeah. And some days you can't well, get in. Well, that's like Oak Ridge. Oak Ridge, they take you through, and you have to either have a driver's license or if you're from another country, a passport. And they take you through there, and there's certain places where when the bus stops before you get out, he says, now you cannot point your you know, to the right, you can't take pictures there because it is still an active military base. Wow. wow. The, in, the most interesting thing on that one, we're standing in one place in there and he's pointing out where they actually, the I'm not sure what you would call the room, where they actually process the uranium and it became, you know, the, the yeah, division. Yeah. And you're yeah. standing in there, and somebody asked about atomic waste, and he said, oh, they're safe. They're buried right down under your feet. And we were all oh, looking great. down like, nice. oh, That's are we nice. going to start lowering in the dark? Yeah, yeah really. It's I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. I mean, this If you haven't history, been there. I haven't done mm -hmm. that one yet. No, I haven't done that yet, but we've done. You need, definitely just, need to do it. It's we really, were, really we, fantastic. We almost did the one in New Mexico. It was outside Bandelier National Monument. So if you go to Santa Fe, it's it's near there, Los Alamos. Right. I and did. I went out to White Sands, but I, you know what I learned out there, which was a sad thing. There's an, in Alba, uh, Las Cruces. There's a museum mm -hmm. of agriculture of all things, and they talk about there's oral history in there. And one of the not well more than one, but the one that I listened to, the people that were there that own ranches and stuff where white sands is today we're told we need to use them during the war we'll give them back to you afterwards and it never happened after the war they they still kept them the people never got their land and very few of them got some of them got a little bit of compensation but never never much and you know for some of them it was family land for generations Mm. And they don't teach us that in history. They never mention no. little things like that in history. And that's part of, and I think, what's interesting about, like, Manzanar and stuff, you know, when you go through there. Yeah, and you, they don't um, talk about that either. No, there's just... We don't that, want to admit when we made mistakes. And I think a person who can admit they made a mistake and re recognize it is a much stronger person than one that tries to pretend they're perfect and never made any mistakes. However, the, the I think on the flip side of it, we we were so did not know and the japanese were like 
when you didn't want to fight the Japanese, you didn't want to be, you know, the POW camps, you didn't want to be in one of those with the Japanese because they were not, you know, especially in like, Oh no, they were, they treated us horribly too. I mean, it was too long. Definitely. So so when you think about like, you know, if you're like, Holy cow, what's going on? We've got to do this. I think everybody just, just did what they absolutely thought was the most important thing. I mean, even look at the pandemic one minute. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Do this. Oh, don't. I mean, look how look how it. You know, you just do the <laughs> utmost you need to, and I think it it's sad. It's a really sad part of history, but I get it from the like the generals and the military leaders. I understand why they went there. Like, I don't think they did mm-hmm. it on purpose. You know what I mean? I really don't. Well, like just so much of what government, everything in government. I've, I've worked for government agencies, you know, present day, and it's you follow the rule that's in the book. And the rule may not make a bit of sense, but if that's the way it's written, you know, that's it. That's the rule. And like this lady pointed out, one of the groups that they put on the the ships in exile was the Japanese orphanage of children two to five years old. Obviously, two to five-year-old children were not going to be Japanese spies. Mm. But, and two-thirds of the people were American citizens. And a lot see, of them, the sons yeah. were over there fighting for us. I, it's so just, it's, it's yeah. a, that's why these sites are so important to go to, to get yeah. that connection. And when you're there, like when you go to even the cemeteries, that's the one in Fort Polk. We went to the, the military cemetery, a graveyard, and there's just a sea of white crosses and oh, tombs. Yeah. And, and it was, that just was this, you know, it just brings it home of how many people lose their life through war and these people who sacrifice and here's, here's where they are. And mm-hmm. you just, I, I, you know, we really, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I won't forget our time there. And, and we went with a lady from um, Leesville and she's since passed Marcia and, um, and uh, she, Marcia and I say Marcia, but it's Marcia, but she took us out there mm-hmm. and, it was, and it, and then next, you know, like we were talking about everything and it's very connected to our family and people have passed like this is a community. This is a very, you know what I mean? It was so personal, yeah. you know, cause she knew people yeah. in there that were resting in there and, you know, could tell stories about them. And by the time we left, yeah. I'm like, man, you, you, you can't go to these places and not feel something, you know, you better check yourself if you can't and, yeah. uh, or don't. And, um, you know, we've got to go to these places and include this as part of our travels to learn this history. You know, history should be part of where we go. These small sites, some of them, these small memorials are about the place that you're in at that time. These people that served somewhere, whether it's Vietnam, World War One, yeah. Korean War, they were somewhere or Desert Storm, you know, the, you know, uh, and those you people, know, each of them has a story. They were all, it's not like a dry history book where such and such happened on such and such a date. Right. It's exactly. real people. This person had a life and a family, a mother or a child or somebody at home waiting for them and they never came back. Exactly. And that's so sad. I know. So I think that's, it's important that we go and we connect better. And that's, you know, we look for these authentic travel experiences. Well, there's more than getting a cool Instagram photo. I'm just saying, go to these, go sure. to these places, really finding the true history, connecting with it will leave you 
just with a, a bigger heart and a more open mind and more understanding about how things happen in the world. So it's, it's, I'm really glad you came on to talk about these places, Kathleen. It's, it's, well, really I've enjoyed important. it. I always enjoy talking with you. It's more like just talking to a friend than it is. I know. Doing a radio next, show. So I enjoy next, it very much. Thank you. Next time we'll see you when we get to Florida and we'll have wine and, and kayak with gators. Do give me a we'll call. And we'll, we'll get together. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Everyone, you can keep up with Kathleen at AmericanRoads.net. Of course, uh, her story is up on BlendRadioAndTV.com. Just look in the uh, history section and watch for it to come out in our Way Back When History magazine. And we also want to thank the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. We love them. We love our segments with all these writers and destinations. Keep up with them at IFWTWA.org again every second Tuesday and every second Friday is when we do these shows. Kathleen, where's your next destination before you go? I'm going to MAPRA in uh, State College, Pennsylvania in just a couple of weeks. Oh, nice, nice. Well, enjoy <laughs> Pennsylvania. Awesome. I will. <laughs> you got to learn how to do the polka. <laughs> I'm sure I'll learn something. I'm not sure if it'll be the polka, but it'll be something. <laughs> Thanks, Kathleen. Thank you.